podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Yo, 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 welcome back. Another episode of the Dysonomics Podcast. Shout out those who listened to the previous weeks. Episode 153, that's regarding Dominic Cummins, that whole fiasco. So if you want information on that, make sure you check that out. It's a short podcast, short and sweet. Gives you all the information you require regarding that. This week, of course, I'm going to give you some more information regarding COVID-19 because COVID has taken over the universe. And the unfortunate events we've seen in America, another despicable execution of a, of a black man at the hands of law enforcement. I'm going to talk from a more statistic, statistical perspective regarding these um, issues for the sake of those who want to kind of downplay the issues or divert attention away from the issues to show how serious the evidence is of this very blatant racial issue. But of course, first, we have to start with COVID. So a COVID update. So this podcast has been recorded on the 31st of May 2020. So it's a Sunday evening. I've just watched the government briefing. So as of Sunday, a total of 38,489 people have have died of a positive COVID-19 test. That's an increase of 113 people since Saturday. Now, remember, this is people that have died with a positive COVID test. This doesn't mean that some other people have died and they haven't had COVID as a potential cause on their birth certificate or as excess deaths describe, they wouldn't have died if COVID wasn't um, present in their lives. And those figures are a lot, lot higher than the 38,489. According to the government, more than four. 4.2 million tests has been carried out. That's tests to see if you have COVID. 115,225 tests were carried out yesterday. Yesterday, 1,936 people have tested positive for COVID. That means this shows that this is a drop in numbers because a couple, two, three weeks ago, we'll see 5,000 people being five to 6,000 people testing positive for COVID on a daily basis. Now, the government claims they have reached a capacity to test 200,000 a day. So those who listened to my podcast a few weeks ago, Boris said by the end of May, they want to be able to test 200,000 people per day. The government says 205,634 tests were available on Saturday. And please note, this capacity includes test kits that are actually sent out via post to maybe to people's homes or care homes or hospitals. Now, one of the key things in the COVID, I mean, in the COVID update uh, from the community sec was that we have people called a shielded um, community. So these are people that are at higher risk of COVID, whether they're elderly or they have certain health conditions. Um, these people have been living sheltered from the community uh, for a while. And he announced that due to the risks being severely lower and passing the peak, that shielded um if you're one of the shielded people, you can now meet someone else from a different household. If you live alone, or you can just meet, or you can go out with your own households into the wider community. 
from this is from June the first. That's tomorrow. Probably whenever you from basically whenever you hear this, this is when this comes into action. Um, the community secretary also said ninety percent of rough sleepers have been helped off the streets, which is good news. And the government's pledging to build six thousand homes, three thousand within a year, f- with the purpose of providing permanent shelter for homeless people, costing one hundred sixty million pounds. My opinion: money well spent. Money well spent. Okay. So somebody asked me a question regarding can six people now um, about the six people meeting rule uh, um, change, and this is when Boris Johnson announced that now six people can or up to six people can meet in a public or private place, outdoor place, as long as they're socially distant. Remember before it was just like two people, now it's six. So a total of six of you can meet. You can have a barbecue provided you do it in a socially distanced way. You can meet in gardens or parks or whatnot, but you can't meet indoors in like somebody's house or room or something because, of course, the virus is more likely to spread indoors than it is outdoors. Now, you can travel as far as you would like to exercise and spend time outside, but you cannot stay over in people's homes. So that is a quick COVID update for the streets then. And we're going to talk about the unfortunate case of George Floyd who is um, twin of Stephen Jackson, a NBA champ, former player. I listen to his podcast, um, All The Smoke. He's on Undisputed quite a lot. Very funny, very charismatic, very real, straight up man. And seen him speak. He's a very, he's a very strong individual, how he's able to speak on, on a case of his um, twin brother. Uh, and he's somebody who's always speaking on black issues on his podcast, especially from the perspective of a black father and how you navigate parenthood especially with the what your children you know your sons and daughters will face as black african-americans growing up in the united states so i'm sure many have heard of the case or seen the video where essentially this um police officer i'm over and talk about his name because he doesn't deserve that airtime kneeled on his neck for nine minutes to the point that he killed this man and this happened in Minneapolis and people have been rioting, looting, setting things on fire, going crazy. It's been, sh- and this kind of spread across the country. We've seen stuff similar in Atlanta. And I think maybe Mississippi is another place I saw. And people yesterday in London, England, were protesting Peckham. So a lot of people were showing solidarity and all that, all those words. And you know what I mean? Like, that is what's been happening. Now, I got a question on Twitter regarding this, and I'm just digging this up. Bear with me, people. This is very unprofessional of myself, which is quite on brand. Okay. Um, and by the way, shout out um, Lord Harold from Coppen um, Fracas, a Liverpool-centric football podcast. Make sure you check that out. Very good man. He's the one who asked a question about um, the six people rule outside. Now, so, like underscore Mike148, how do we encourage more young people to join the police force? And if this was to happen, do you think there'll be a genuine change? Bearing in mind, police are known for breaking you down in training process. And um, Zainab ACYL, she asks, what do you think could be immediate short-term solutions for reducing police, police brutality or racism in general, i.e. harsher sentences for police officers, better training for police officers, all these type of questions? So I'm going to attempt to answer these questions across the podcast. Um, 
is a very, very important subject to many of us, um, especially me. This is something that, on a personal level, I have spoken about pretty extensively um, in in closer circles with my friends and family and on my social media, of course, and across my podcast. I'm sure you've listened to many of the episodes where I spoke about this in, in detail. Now, so I'll first start to look at the, the statistical element and then I'll kind of get into whatever soliloquy my, my brain takes me into regarding this topic. Boom. So let's just look at the numbers. Let's knock out, let's knock out certain uh, misconceptions. Yes, more white people have been killed by police force than black people in a total number. So for example, 2019, 370 out of 1,004 people killed by the police shot and killed by the police, shall I say, were white compared to 235, so 370 outweighs 235. And as of 2020 so far, 42 have been white and 31 have been black. However, because we are adults and we went to school and there's a subject called maths and we know about things called proportions, we know you don't just look at total numbers when, you, when you're looking at trends. Because 73%, that's 7 out of every 10 Americans, are going to happen to be white. Whereas only 12.7%, so that's just over 1 out of 10 Americans, are going to be black. Now, the numbers I just mentioned to you, 370, 235 versus 42 and 31, are a lot closer than 70 and 12. Which, statistically and mathematically, and commonsensically, if that's even a word, which is not, implied that black people are more likely to be killed by police at, at a significantly higher rate than white people. So let's get that one out, get that one back. So if you look at 20, 2019 again, uh, I've got some of these figures from Washington Post and some of the websites. Um, so as I said, 1,004 people were shot and killed by police. 96% of these victims were male. So this is a strongly, almost exclusively male issue that does not mean that the police do not also cause severe harm to black women. We've seen it with Sandra Bland. We've seen it with the... Her name um, misses me, where she where they run into her house and shot her in her own home. Like, it doesn't mean that our women, and I'm saying our because I'm black, are not immune from this because they're clearly not uh, one in four were black this, even, even though one in four of the population is not black there's no one near it's actually one in ten um, 59% of the people shot and killed by police were not fleeing at all and 28% of these people were 13 and young, 13 young, 13 under now to more general statistics across that's looking across trends and a lot of the numbers I was looking at were taken from 2013 to 2019 just to give you that is a very recent time frame I'm not talking about the 70s and them yeah cool black people are three times more likely to be killed by police than white people three times more likely black and this is from 2013 to 2019 Black people are 1.3 times more likely to be unarmed than white people. So not only are we getting killed at an astronomically larger rate, we are also significantly more likely not to be armed than white people. But we're getting killed a lot more than them. By the way, for those who are not black or 
some of those who are black that seemingly have a very different perspective onto how racism works and discussions on racism, maybe this is due to where you've grown up and what experiences you've been having. When I'm saying more than white people, I'm not asking for us to have the same rate. I don't want white people to be shot by police, obviously, because that's wrong and that's murder. But I'm just highlighting the difference, the discrepancy, because you can only tell if something's egregious or abnormal by comparing it to something else. You know what good is because you can compare it to bad. You know what tasty is because you can compare it to but like untasty, unsatisfactory. You know what big is because you can compare it to small. So just a disclaimer and for some common sense for those that may be lacking. Cool. And also, you could tell that race has a strong thing to do with this because of in terms of region. So if you look at killings per million, so this is not a total number, this is a proportionate number. So the amount of black people that are that, that are being killed per a million black people in this whatever region it is. If you compare Oklahoma, and this is the state where there was a black Wall Street, where there was black businesses, black libraries, black schools, black everything. They're making great deals of money and it got burned down. Tulsa, Oklahoma, check that out, black Wall Street. And if you compare it to Georgia, where many of us know about Atlanta, a that has a lot of black people in positions of power on the police force, a lot of black businesses. Like in Oklahoma, you're six times more likely to be killed by police in Oklahoma. And that shows the impact of race. Now, if we look, and to make this point sink home even more, yeah, if you look at a hundred of the largest city police departments, yeah, a hundred eight out of the 100, yeah, so almost 10%, so 8%, kill black men, I'm talking about the police, the police, 8% of the largest city police departments kill black men at a higher rate than the US murder rate. So if you're looking at killings of black men per 100,000, and again, this is from 2013 to 2019, got to keep reiterating the data range. If you look at cities such as Reno, Oklahoma City, Santa Ana, Anaheim, St. Louis City, Scottsdale, Haley, and Madison. The, the rate at which black men are being killed by police is higher than the 2018 US murder rate. And if you look at places like Las Vegas, Spokane, Riverside, Albuquerque, Orlando, Kansas City, and Phoenix, it's not too dissimilar. It's not that much further away. That's insane. Insane. That shows how much of a threat that the police force in America, which symbolizes authority, which symbolizes the system, which symbolizes the United States, is a danger to their very own African American citizens. And murders is a very good way to look at it because people people fear murder all over the place. There's a reason why we lock our car doors. There's a reason why we lock our doors. The reason why we don't want our kids out late at night. The reason why we don't want our wives or our girlfriends or our sisters or our sons or our cousins to be out late at night. Do you know what I'm saying? Because murder is a threat and a fear that we all have to a certain degree. And in eight states, eight cities, and almost 15, 16 in total, is almost, if not more, likely 
that the police will kill you than just stand in the matter from another civilian. Absolutely mental. Mental, mental, mental. And also, some people will argue that, oh, maybe it's a police force in more violent areas. So, you know, maybe areas like Chicago where there's, a, where there's a lot more violent crime. The police have to be strapped up from the feet up. And because of this, there's more likely cases where they're going to be shooting because you might have a gun or a knife or an axe. or da, 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 da. However, computer says no. Data says no. Nah. Cheeky little, bref- little bit of reference there. Yeah? When you track the level of violent crime compared to police, police killing rates... There is no correlation. There's none. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 99% of killings by police from 2013-2019 have resulted in office in no officers being charged with a crime. 99%. That's why people are marching. That's why people are smashing shit up. That's why people are burning shit down. Because there is a night, there's a 1% chance that this scumbag that killed George Floyd is going to be brought to justice. A 1% chance. Now, if we look at 2015 as a case study, nearly one in three black people killed by police in 2015 were identified as unarmed. Though the actual number is likely to be significantly higher due to underreporting. Also, in 2015, unarmed black people were killed at not one, not two, not three, but thousand. Okay, not thousand. That's a meme. But not one, not two, but five times the rate unarmed whites were in 2015. And when, and when there's a little discrepancy in the data, maybe you could think, hmm, it's not due to like, do you know what I mean, ill will. Or maybe it's not a prejudice thing. But a five times, a five hundred percent discrepancy. Think about it. When we talk about gender wage gap, yeah, and you see a lot of um white middle class um, politicians or activists or journalists talk about there's a 7% gender pay gap this shows that there is a massive issue with sexism okay if 7% is a big enough gap in data discrepancy in data what's 500% my G do you like that now some more some more data for your head top about one in 1,000 black men and boys in America can expect to die at the hands of police, according to new analysis of deaths involving law enforcement officers. Now, this was done by um, Frank Edwards, a sociologist at Rutgers University. One in 1,000. This makes them 2.5 times more likely than white men and boys to be died during the encounter with the cops. So if we have an encounter, if you are an African-American man or boy that has an encounter with cops, you are 250% more likely to die than your white counterparts. This analysis also showed that Latino men and boys, black women and girls, and Native American men, women and children also are killed by the police at higher rates than their white peers. But it's the vulnerability of black males that was particularly striking. So this is just an issue for all minorities, it's just that it happened that black men are the, at the very, very worst. And Frank Edwards also said that the odds that you are going to be killed by police force is better than, than the odds that you have of winning a, a, win a lot of scratch of lottery games. So you're more likely to get packed by the police than you are to win a scratch and lottery game. 
absolutely insane. So that's the States. That's why you see the Americans going absolutely crazy, burning shit down, throwing shit, looting shit, because they've had enough. Let's talk about the UK. So, Met Police, we've all heard of them, I would like to believe, use force more often against black people than they do against white people. Shock horror. So, we're looking at 2017-2018. The Met used force 62,000 times. With more than one third, and I looked at the data, it was almost 40% of those incidents were involved black people. And shout out the Labour MP, um, Diane Abbott, who even at the time I remember her talking about, yo, this is disproportionate, this is discriminatory, da da da, and so on and so forth. She's always keeping it a stack when it comes to black issues. And so she has to get a young shout on the podcast, Steve. Now, Going back to the Met data. So yeah, as I said, almost 40% of cases where force was used was towards black people. Despite us not having a massive share of the, of the population. The, the use of force was equivalent in Greater London for one in every 50 black people compared to one in every 200 white people. So again four times more likely. Now, if we look at stop and search, yeah? Per 1,000 people. If you're white British, four out, four of every 1,000 people will be stopped and search. If you're mixed race, mixed white or black African, nine out, nine out of 1,000. So more than double your white counterparts. If you're mixed white and white Caribbean, 12 out of every 1,000. So more, so triple your white counterparts. Now, if you're straight up black African, 24 per every 1,000 compared to four per every 1,000 for whites. So that is five, what, six times? Six times the, the likelihood. Black Caribbean, 31 per 1,000. 31. Insane. The numbers are conclusive. So, it is an absolute disgrace to read stuff like All Lives Matter. It's stupid. Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that as black people, our lives are the most significant in the world and they should protect it at all costs. No, it is, to it is to state the fact that our lives are clearly been treated inferior by the Western world, in fact, all over the world, but in this instance, we're talking the Western world, and the data that I've outlined in this podcast is conclusive. You cannot argue against it. And I can even go further. I was talking on Twitter about um, in the 1700s, Immanuel Kant, loads of people have heard of him, a very influential German philosopher, I believe. I studied him in school. He's very key in a lot of um, thinking. And those times, philosophers, along with the church, were the people that ran things, were the people that set culture and decided, set precedents on how society used to function. He himself said that essentially, black people, and he's talking about after African, that African learns better and processes information better when they are slaves or servants because we are lazy and we lack the capacity 
to be able to have more to be able to to reason and have morality. Those were the words of a legendary philosopher, which is still revered to this day in many educational systems. So if this is somebody telling that we're inferior from seventeen hundreds, you know this is it's almost hereditary. We have economies built off the back of racism. Let's look at Europe. We all live in the UK. The UK is a very small island, you know. If every country was only allowed to eat the food they produce, we in the UK would starve. We don't have that much natural resources. Same with Germany, same with Belgium. But these countries went into Africa and the rest of the world, raped, killed and stealed. Or stole, shall I say. Listen, it's inconclusive. Some people aren't trying to argue that black lives are more important. And this is for my non-black listeners or, or blacknesses who seem not to be able to grasp this, this very, very simple, in my opinion, philosophy, not philosophy, common sense and reality. All lives matter is a stupid sentiment. Because of course every human's lives matter. But if you're ta- if I'm telling you that my people are suffering at a rate disproportionate to everybody and we need to be able to live the same lives as you lot, you can't come and tell me all lives matter. Are you stupid? Like are you actually dumb? That's like me falling off my bike and banging my knee on the curb and my knee's bleeding. And now all my other friends that I was cycling with all put plasters in their knee because all, all knees matter. No. The brother that's got a bust knee, he needs a plaster. It's stupid. It's like when we're discussing, for example, sexual assault and rape, which is predominantly experienced by women, you tell women, oh, but all, all people get raped. Men get raped too. It's just dumb. It's dumb. It's stupid. Stop it. Stop it. And to those people, please, in my opinion, okay, this is just random rap mode. Like, I understand why people want certain people to come out and speak and say their piece. So if you have a platform, whether you be an athlete, influencer, uh, or any form of celeb or person of interest, you have a platform, your platform probably has visibility to a lot of non-black people or maybe black people that grew up in areas that don't understand some of the wider struggles that many of us face. I understand that. And me personally, I would like people to use their platform for the greater good. However, not everybody has that experience. Not everybody is confident enough to be able to speak on these issues in the manner that they, they should be spoken about. Because some people may feel like they stand a lot to lose. Or some people just don't have the range. They just don't they don't see what we see. So I'm not too sure if our energy is best served in like almost directing these men to speak to them because the streets duress a couple men to do stuff and they'll do hickey hacker stuff. Like streets duress pretty little thing and they posted a poster of a white hand shaking Venom's hand and the man them weren't happy. Yeah, because they put on the duress. And maybe this is a wake-up call for... Maybe if you, you maybe listen to this podcast and you may be working for some of the biggest brands or smallest or upper-coming brands in the world and you might not be a black person. But if you have 
a business and one of your key stakeholders, one of your key audiences happens to be black, you should have people that represent that culture, that group, that ethnicity in your in your teams when you're making decisions regarding how you're going to um, broadcast your products or broadcast any message because they understand it more than you ever will. And that's why we're seeing so many brands and so many people put out absolute nonsense and black people pamming them, cook, cooking folk, just cooking them. Also, this is an instance where we've got a clear victim and a clear oppressor. The oppressor is the authority, the police authority, which represents authorities and institutional racism in white America. Facts. Similar in every country. Similar in France, similar in Germany, similar in Belgium, similar in Holland, similar in Britain. Facts. Australia. Facts. They're oppressors. So the so people saying, ah, oh, black people, we need to love each other, we need to stop killing each other. Yes, that's accurate stuff. But what the fuck has that got to do right now? There's a thing in economics called opportunity costs. And opportunity costs is what you forego in one opportunity by taking another. So if I go out and spend £10 in Nando's, the opportunity cost of that £10 in Nando's is that I could spend £10 in, £10, I don't know, in Dixie's or £10 in Shake Shack. And all things are finite. We do not have unlimited life. We do not have unlimited money. We do not have limited energy. We don't have limited time. So every, so our resources are so important. Don't waste your resources. Don't waste our passion. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your voice and activity on trying to G-check or correct black people when the clear person that needs correcting is not black people because we're not the ones that go around killing innocent people as protectors of the law. So stop that bollocks. Stop it. Stop it. I've also seen people start talking about um, like interracial dating and all that type of stuff and, yo, what are your non-black partners say now? They need to come out and speak up. And I was kind of caught in two minds by that. But from talking to a few of my female friends and just reading some of people's tweets, I've, I've, me personally, I've always been somebody, okay, cool, that's an issue, but I can't lie. Us getting clapped out by police officers, that's number one. Like basically, what threats to our lives to me are always number one issue. Threats to our lives and threats to our pockets, we need to, that's what we need to deal with first. Because once we have economic independence and once we have the means and ability to fight and fight back, I personally believe that that's our best chance of protecting ourselves as a people. But what people were saying is that these are all different elements of wider right supremacy and it all matter. And it's important because when you think, when you take it in, how could you be somebody that's benefiting, benefiting from quote unquote black culture, whether it be music, sport, because let's keep it chill. Um, people who like a lot of fashion um, music like we bring a lot of the vibes we kind of almost determine what is cool so naturally people are going to gravitate to that of course you will you want to gravitate to stuff that's cool what's, what's fun and me personally I don't like and naturally I believe that you would want people to be involved in your culture to understand your culture but you can't come in and take all the good like be heavy in the take all the goods and the reason why people say take is because let's say you create music or your fashion designer and your audience and where you get your inspiration from as black people, you're essentially, 
remember I said opportunity cost, resources are finite. You are essentially taking up a potential space of somebody who could be black in that very scene. So if you're going to do that, the least you can do, the very least, is also show support, not bullet support, actual support to what impacts the people that you that have accommodated you, the people that have shown you support and help develop whatever platform you have. Or let's say you are a non-black person dating a black person, surely you would care about what impacts your partner because you could have a child that person or someday that person has brothers sisters aunties uncles do not care and i do believe he's actually right to call these people into question i personally think it's low down level priority but i understand it and as stephen jackson says when he was talking about his brother you listen to my brothers i love you but if you ain't trying to do something right now your love don't mean shit to me cur and that's and that's facts that's facts. And I think as if you're a decent human being, you do not... I don't know how you can see clear bait face suffering and not want to act. That's, that's mad to me. Like, I could, I could, I'll use myself as an example. Grown up in this country, since 2001, gone on, I've seen the energy that's been given to immigrants and Muslim people. I'm not Muslim, I'm Christian. But I have no time for that. And I will fight, whether it be in my workplaces or other wider places, when people try the sly, the sly things, the sly comments when it comes to Muslims, shutting that down straight. Sly comments around the microphone, shutting that down straight with facts and evidence. Not having it. Because it's wrong. Simple. And I think that's the least you can do. The absolute least you could do. So, man, here's that. What else has been happening? Oh, and also people tweeting about we should love each other, pictures of of people from all races holding hands. Fuck off. Take that Disney shit the fuck out of here, bruv. People are dying. Don't take your fuck your love. No fucking cap. People are dying. Love ain't getting nobody nowhere. Yeah? Stop lying and also stop capping on Master Luther King's name about he did a piece of protest. No. Go and read Martin Luther King's work properly. Yeah? This somebody also got killed, yeah. You, what do you expect if people are being murdered, yeah? If if legislation has been put in place where, and we're talking Black America, where certain drugs are now being made federal cases where you can go to jail quicker, so they can appease on a political basis seem tough on crime at the expense of Black families and Black men, when. People are doing stuff to make sure that blacks, certain black regions do not get funding for the education schools. Like, come on. And you want to be talking about peace? There's no... It's not peace if... You can't turn the other cheek if man is slap the other cheek the same way. No. So I'm sorry. I'm in full support of what's going on in Minneapolis. I don't give a flying monkeys if they burn every city to the ground. Because there has been ample... Ample, ample opportunity for the authorities and all, all around Americans to rise up and stop and put us up to this. Ample opportunities. Eric Garner was in 2014, six years. Let alone what's been happening for years upon years. Ample opportunities. I personally, I don't think these people should burn their own black-owned businesses. 
and all the stuff in their own community. But outside that, I don't give a flying monkeys. Burn that shit to the ground. Let them know that we're not gonna, we're not here to stand for this. And yeah, man, that's it for this podcast. I don't think I know you don't think I have anything else to say, but this time it's podcast hashtag. Let me know your thoughts. Oh, I almost didn't answer one of the questions. So to the young lady that asked about um, what are some solutions to stop this in terms of training, well, according to to use of um, use of force projects or org, police departments that have now adopted these use of force policies kill significantly fewer people, but only a few departments have adopted them. So. So this is looking at a percentage of fewer kills by police departments, which each of these policies imp- implemented. So I'll go from lowest to highest. So requiring a warning before shooting, sort of 5% drop. Restricts shooting at moving vehicles, sort of 8% drop. Duty to intervene if another officer uses excessive force, sort of 9% drop. Requires de-escalation, 15% drop. Has use of force continuum, 19% drop. Bans, choke holes, and strangle holes. 22% drop. So that's a one in five drop. Requires all use of force to be reported. One in four. Listen, so because all use of force now having to be reported, boom, one in four reduction in um in, 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 in deaths. And another 25% requires officers to use all other means before shooting. So here's some of the things that could be done to stop this type of stuff. But unfortunately, not many uh, departments are picking it up. And to the gentleman that asked about, will black um, police officers make a difference? I had a podcast about this. Um, I can't remember the episode number. I'll get it for you and I'll tweet it to you with um, a black police officer. We discuss about this type of stuff in detail. So you'll have more information there. But yes, thank you for your questions. Please hit me up. Dysonomics at gmail.com. Dysonomics on Insta underscore dysonomics underscore numbers on twitter use the hashtag peace and love and yeah have a great week people stay safe sports social podcast network